Hey, if you'd like to find some more success as a videographer, then you're gonna need a roadmap. Hi, my name is Zebulon Thomas, and I've created the Videographer's Roadmap that has been helping videographers from all over the world land their ideal clients, increase their income, and find more success as videographers. This proven roadmap is available for you right now over at ztfilmsacademy.com forward slash roadmap. So if you wanna learn more and get access to exclusive content to help you land your ideal clients, increase your income, and learn exactly what you need to know in the business to thrive as a videographer, then you're gonna need the videographer's roadmap. Head on over to ztfilmsacademy.com forward slash roadmap to get started today. I've been obsessed my entire life with success and how to get to the next level. And because of that, I've created some extraordinary opportunities for myself that have granted me with phenomenal cosmic powers. Okay, maybe not so genie in the lamp type, but I know how to get people to cash in on some of their wishes and turn them into reality. So where do you go to get CEO level upgrade opportunities and a bunch of phenomenal cosmic powers for your life and your business? Well, you found the podcast in the rough. So let's dig in. This is the Zebulon Thomas Podcast. Welcome to the Zebulon Thomas podcast. Listen, today, the title of this, as you can see, is The Power of Being Rich in Disguise. I think it's exciting because when you make your wealth, whatever level of success that needs to be for you, when you reach that level to where you feel successful, to where you feel financially abundant, um, don't go around flashing things, right? Because I've noticed that like even with me, with my success, with my abundance, you know, I still, you know, I don't invest in cars because yeah, there's cars that I really want, but um, I don't feel the need. I feel like it's a waste of money. Uh, And I don't, the things that are flashy uh, are things that are in my home that only my closest friends might see, the people who really know me. Uh, just like on my social media, you know, I'm friends with a lot of very powerful people, a lot of really exciting people, uh, people with high uh, profile status, uh, celebrities. And those are people that I rarely, I think when I first started my Instagram, I might have showed one or two. And then I pulled them down because I feel like it's not important for the world to know who's my friends or who's in my network. That's for me to enjoy. So those adventures, those vacations, those times, those moments together, those hang on my wall in my house. Uh, And because of that, uh, you know, I I don't have the need to flash. And so people, you know, they don't they don't have a way to judge me on those things, whether I'm oh, he's somebody or he's a nobody like they just don't have that. I haven't given them the reason to judge me or or, you know, profile me up, if you will. So, you know, even when I'm going out to new clients, there's been a majority of times I've come to businesses uh, and after learning about, you know, everything about their business When I look at all these things, there's been a lot of times where I've sat at this table and found out that I'm in a better position than these businesses are. And so it's humbling to me because I'm like, well, I'm about to change that. I'm going to help them add massive value. So it's an internal conversation with me that I don't share with my client. I just know that I'm here to serve. And so whatever I need to do to help them is going to be what I deliver on Uh, versus when I go to these companies that are very, very well invested, they're established, 
maybe they just came up. There's a lot of companies that have just came up and their first year of business is booming and they got all this financial abundance and growth um, and they're out of debt, you know, and they have just like great investments. Um, then I sit at the table and I'm inspired to add to this, contribute to this growth and, and help them you know, maximize that even more. Um, I'm also at the table looking at everyone look at me because I'm not in like flashy clothes or expensive suit when I talk to them and they're probably looking down on me. Um, and they're like, you're going to learn something. Of course I'm going to learn something, but so are you because I'm going to change the game, but I have to learn a lot from you for me to help you grow. So then you'll learn in return. Like, how did I do that? And you're going to want to know. So that's exciting. But a lot of times being rich in disguise is exciting because you'll find a company's true colors. You'll find individuals true colors because you can tell, oh, this company or the CEO or whatever, they look down on you because you're not in a flashy suit or drive an f- expensive car when you pull up and they go, huh. you know, and so they, they don't, they don't have high expectations for you. So it's, it's exciting to not only just be able to exceed limited expectations, but to really maximize that, they go, whoa, didn't see that coming. So they become the diamond in the rough. I thought of this concept and started applying it a lot um, very early in my career because back in 2004, uh, you know, I basically was down on my luck. You know, I was thriving to be, um, you know, a musician and I was trying to get this career off the ground. I was young and, um, you know, I, I was like, I got to go wherever, wherever the opportunity is. Uh, and I found myself like literally broke with nowhere to live. And I ran into an individual at a club who was just passing through. And uh, he invited me to, I was in Ohio, he invited me to come stay with him uh, in Florida to check out the area. He said, You're, you have really good skills. Your music sounds amazing. I think you do really good in the Miami scene. Um, you know, if you ever want to come out, you know, you can come stay with me for a little bit. Uh, I thought that was amazing. No one's really opened up like that. So I took him up on his offer. And about two months later, I went out there and I slept on a couch for three months. Uh, and not only did I, I was out there to, to pursue a music career and get my music out there, which what's funny is I didn't do any music while I was out there because one, I was, I was away from all the studios that I was connected to. Uh, and even though we built one in a closet there, cause he was like, I'll help you. Let's build a little studio so you can record. It just wasn't coming together. So I, I, I used that three months to grow. Uh, and it was learning for me to, to go back and record a really an amazing album. But when I was out there, I was surrounded by wealthy individuals. Um, and a lot of them, I didn't know they were wealthy. Um, and there was a guy that I connected with. His name was John. And, uh, you know, me and John hung out for a little bit. I just met him randomly uh, when I was at the beach. Uh, and again, he didn't have an expensive car or nothing. I didn't know where he lived, but he would, you know, he'd say, hey, let's hang out the next day or the next week. And uh, we would get together at the at the beach, you know, and hang out and, and he would uh, talk, th- you know, ideas and he was very creative. And I remember we, we jumped in this car. It wasn't anything big. I think it was like a Honda or something, some kind of Honda. And I remember we drove to, we were going to go to a restaurant. He needed to stop at the, at the uh, Mac machine, the ATM. So when he, when he pulled up, he got his money out, you know, a little bit of money. Uh, and he, he handed me the receipt that you get. And he told me to put it in the glove box because that's where he does. And and he was just, you know, randomly like, here you go, put it in the glove box for me. Uh, remember, I was broke at this time. So, you know, I was very grateful that he was covering my meal and I was still learning. He said, no, I got you. It's my treat. Uh, and when I looked, I was confused on which was the account number and which was his bank account amount. 
And that's when I realized this guy had a lot of money. Uh, and he saw that I saw his, his receipt and everything. He goes, he goes, oh, you know, I've had some success. And I was like, wow. And so I didn't want to pry too much about it, but I wanted to know. And so when we were eating at the restaurant, um, he brought up how he became successful and why he has all these creative ideas. And he was like, you know, he goes, Zebulon, there's a lot of things out here that you can get you know, rich off of or a lot of opportunities where you could take your ideas straight to the top and you don't necessarily need a lot of people to do it. And he goes, I'll tell you a little secret, man. He's like, I made some success and uh, I took advantage of some opportunity that really helped me out uh, a few years ago. And he goes, I worked at this plastic molding company where we just, you know, basically pressed plastic parts. Uh, and he goes, I, I something about he was going to to work one day and he didn't have, he was tired of bringing the, the lunch pal and the plastic bags and the paper bags um, and like the brown paper bags. And he said he was so tired of bringing his lunch in there because everyone else that worked there, you know, always had the same thing. And they kept, they had this big joke in the room like, yeah, once, once we make it out of this job, maybe we'll have more money to buy a better canteen and, and something to hold our sandwiches in better. And he started secretly making plastic containers that you put food in uh, and, and he would press them in the machine. He made them and they were clear. Uh, and um, then he, he made a bunch of these and then he would go and he would shop these door to door and ask people what they thought. Uh, and then he started taking orders and people were like, oh my gosh, this is great. Now to this day, you know, you see them now, they're plastic containers with the lid and we store them in our cupboards and put our food in and take it to work or whatever, where you go on our picnics and, um, and travel with. And, but back then he was, he was putting that together. And then eventually he happened to knock on the door of someone who actually had a investment business and they invested in products like this. And from there, the, the rest is history. They invest in this, and next thing you know, went to QVC, and uh, and he just he just blew up. And then eventually, later on, he sold he sold his part of the company off and went on to new better things. And I was like, that's in, that's incredible. That's crazy. So so then I started thinking of the same thing. It's like I remember, you know, this is back in two thousand four when the you know the website started to becoming something where you can make money on, especially with merchant accounts. And I met a guy who sells merchant accounts uh, in the process of me going around buying domains from these businesses that were opening up. I would see a business that was coming soon and I would go online and buy the .com and then I would build a website because I knew how to do that. And uh, and then I would go and I'd show them that website on my uh, on this laptop that my friend had. He let me borrow his laptop. I'd walk in there and show him this website. It was a dummy website. And I said, I built this for you guys. I think it'd be really good. And, um, and at the time I didn't have the merchant account set up. I was just saying, hey, this would showcase everything your business has online and they were it was very new so they were very interested and I think I sold my first three or four websites for about 250 300 dollars uh, and then I met this this individual who uh, sells merchant accounts I didn't understand what that was and um, he says it's the back end of a shopping cart he goes you know you got like PayPal's the front end and it does the whole thing he's like well we, we sell the back end so they don't have to use PayPal we can we can make all that happen so everything you put in a cart goes to this merchant account and yeah, yeah, he explained the whole thing to me. I was like, that's amazing. So that's when I was like, let's do this. So I would sell the websites and then I would include a fee to sell his merchant account. I started doing that and he was like, well, how much are you selling these websites? Cause my account, my merchant account is like $3,000 for you to have my merchant account set up the full setup. And I was like, Oh wow. So I was sending people to this and not knowing that they were paying 
up from there because he did that transaction. So that's when he's like, you need to sell your websites for more. And then I started selling websites and then I remember closed a $10,000 website. Uh, and then I started selling websites for big money then. Uh, and it's funny to look back on because th that was a very successful time in my life in 2004, going from broke to making that kind of money. But at the same time, I was not educated on what to do with that money. So as fast as the money came, it went. And so I had nothing to show for it after three years, you know, of doing this stuff and, and, uh, nothing at all, no savings, you know, I was in debt, you know, like none of that stuff. And, um, and I, and I failed a couple times doing that. I've, I've, then I went into, you know, starting my own co corporation and, uh, doing coaching and consulting and I made a really good amount of money there, but then I failed. So I remember, I remember looking back going like before I got into becoming a videographer, I'm like, I want to just do something. I'm tired of being broke. And I remember saying that to myself, but I'm, but I was like, why don't I anchor the fact that I did make all this exciting money, but yet I feel that I'm, I've, I've been broke and I haven't been able to do that. Um, and it's weird to look back on because I didn't, I, I think it's because it wasn't sustainable because I didn't what wasn't smart with my money. I didn't invest it properly. I didn't save it. And I just spent it uh, to advance or to have the next shiny thing. And that's when I started thinking about my friend, John. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be wealthy in disguise. So meaning that I'm not going to go buy the flashy things, the nice cars. I'm not going to waste my money on those things uh, until I get wealth. And when I get wealth, I'm not going to show it off because I want to see how I can build better relationships or how I can be that underdog or how I can be perceived as the, you know, the diamond in the rough when I add massive value unexpectedly. And plus, when I show up to these businesses, I want them to know that I'm here to work. If I'm in a suit, I'm not getting dirty. I need to get, I got a camera. I might have to get the angle shot. That means I might have to lay down in some mud or I have to climb under a table or stand in a trash bin. You know, I don't know, some crazy stuff. Um, or sweat and run for 12, 15 hours a day because I'm willing to do the work. And that's initially what made me successful as a videographer. So I remember when I got into videography, I was like, I'm going to, first of all, I just jumped into it to be very passionate about it, you know, and at the time my wife was the uh, breadwinner of the house. She had a career and, you know, we were made like $32,000 a year off of her career. And, uh, and I was like, okay, so I was able to float. I had this little cushion. So I went out there for two years and I just filmed constant videos and I made, I made a little bit here and there, you know, a couple thousand dollars, which was nice. I got some brand deals and did a lot of music videos and weddings and uh, and then I, I started to figure it out. Uh, and that's when I really started to apply myself as a videographer and I started to see uh, bigger contracts come in. And then I got smart about it. I started changing how it was because now I believed in my value. See, I would say 90% of the journey for you to be successful and, and what's blocking so many videographers or individuals for that middle matter uh, from being successful is the fact that they lack the confidence to know that they have value and they can add the value. So I had spent two years, two and a half years adding massive value and seeing the return and not firsthand, like it would be like a couple months later, our business would call me and say, hey, we want to thank you so much for this. We want to buy you a dinner. And I'm like, why? And like, well, because this this video that you shot for us, this ad really helped us out. And then I come to find out that it didn't just make them, you know, hundreds of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, it made them millions of dollars. And I was like, wait, I'm responsible for a, you know, a million dollar campaign. Like that's incredible. And so then I realized how much value I can add with my video, with my camera, with my skill set. And then I said, I got to figure this out. Like 100%, I got to know that I can deliver on this all the time. Because when I started calling back and asking all these companies, you know, all the people I've filmed for that were in business, how does that, how did my ads run? 
Now they all didn't perform 100% perfect, but the ones who the ones that did perform because we did multiple videos, they said they didn't care about the ones that didn't perform because that was the nature of the business. Some work, some don't, but the fact that in general as a campaign, 100% success. And they, you know, it was like 1000% like on that. 100% uh, success, 1000% return on their investment. Like amazing, obviously because I was doing it for free. So when I did all this, I started realizing that I had an incredible track record. And then I started to charge and I started to to scale up and really grow my business and I still held that track record and to this day I still hold because every single business that I approach I look at everything and I evaluate everything before I dive into this business. Is this a company that I can really add value to? I understand what they want. Are they willing to run with me when I run with creative ideas that are maybe not like something that they all agree with, but they got to trust me. They got to believe this. Uh, do I believe in this? Can I make this work? And because I, I've taken the time to, to analyze all that, uh, I've made a clear decision on, yes, I will, you know, gladly help you grow and make you a client just as I'm a client of yours, you know? And so together we grow that. And there's been a lot of companies with great money on the table and great contract opportunities and great, you know, long-term investments and, you know, percentages coming back to me that I've walked away from because I said, you know what, there's something just not right with this. And sometimes that was because they were too big headed already, or that was because I knew they wouldn't move with me and they wouldn't be a mover and shaker in the market. And so because of that, I was blocked and I couldn't uphold a solid campaign that would work. Uh, I feel there's too many hands in the pot. Too many people would uh, be able to dictate how this ad would function through and through, and they can't be able to do that if I'm going to provide success for them. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of companies where I said, listen, I have an incredible track record. I know I can make this work, but you don't have uh, the things in place that would allow this to function the way it needs to be. And if you got those things in place, I'm here. But until those things are are put together, I'm not going to be able to do that. So, so that's the importance. You have to know your confidence, what you're trying to do. So like, you know, I'm getting ready to go for my walk. I'm always at the park doing my walk, doing my mantras. It's a thing I do all the time because that helps me advance. And I bring that up because one of my mantras is to always see opportunities that will bring me abundance of wealth. And that is incredible to say over and over again, amongst other things in my mantras that I say to help me live a well-balanced quality of life and always thrive for for greatness. Um, but that right there uh, is very important because it means that I'm always going to be open to the opportunities that will bring me abundance of wealth. So many people have so many opportunities that would make them wealthy and successful, but they're afraid to jump because it means they're walking away from a dream that they have, or they're walking away from a career that they're trying to grow or another business that they're trying to grow. And they feel like that's not going to, it's going to distract them or something where what you want to do is switch into entrepreneur mode and know that streams of income and opportunities help everything grow. So even right now for me, and not only am I investing in companies, but I'm also doing some minor shifts in my career and going after something else that I think is exciting because I'm pivoting in these times and I'm shifting in something that I really find rewarding and exciting. Plus, there's great uh, return on that and it's very, very positive. So because of that, that will allow me to grow and give myself a more of a cushion and more streams of income to help my other businesses grow when they're not thriving as they should. Uh, you know, and that's something you need to think about. If you have companies and or other investments that are just not thriving right now, it doesn't mean that they're failing. It just means that right now you need to pivot and you need to bring other sources of income around that and help that stay stable so that 
when everything turns around the market or whatever the situation might be, it might be just, you know, you haven't figured out the right ad campaign. Um, and once you do, then it'll thrive because it is something solid you've created and it's a dream of yours or a great business. And it, maybe it was performing. So don't throw in the towel. It's just create other streams of income around that. So you can become better and thrive. Now I want to go back to, you know, when I was, I had my, you know, my wife was the, the breadwinner and I, that was a cushion for me. Well, since then with my career, I made sure that I retired my wife. And when I said that to her, I said, Hey, you don't have to work anymore. If you don't want to, you can go do what you've always wanted to do. Be the stay at home mom. And uh, if you want to do that, I want to provide that for you. I want to offer that to you. And I know it, I said this very early in my career. So it was risky because I had a big chunk of income come in and I thought I made it cause I made more money than I've ever made within, within that first three weeks. I was like, you, I got this, but you know, it could have been a hot streak, but I was so determined and she saw that in my eyes that she said, okay. And so she finished out her, her career, her year in that career and, uh, and then left. And now she's the stay-at-home mom. And, and ever since, I've been able to provide that for her. And I won't go back on that. So I will do whatever it takes. And that's why, as an entrepreneur, I'm shifting and pivoting constantly because I need to create more streams of income in case another one faults and fails or something isn't generating what it needs to generate at this point in time. Uh, and I can keep it afloat. And that doesn't require her to have to go out there and get that job and have that stream of income, in which I know it would be a smart thing to do. And, and if you listen to this, listen, don't jump into that too early early if you want to retire your, your partner, um, you know, and you want to help them go after their dreams. It doesn't mean they have to be a stay-at-home mom or dad. It just means that they have to be able to have the freedom to be able to go and do the things they want. It doesn't mean they're not going to make the money either. You know, they, my wife has side streams of income as well because she's passionate about certain things and they generate money. So it doesn't mean that she's not making money. It just means that she gets to do the things she wants to do without the stress of having to be the breadwinner. And, uh, and that's important, you know? So if you want to do that, don't do it too soon. I would if looking back, I would have said, Hey, in two years, you know, why don't you consider you know, leaving your career and then becoming the stay-at-home mom. And But in the meantime, let's both of our incomes just maximize. And we would have made a lot of money if we would have just worked for another two years together side-by-side side with her career and, and my business growing. We would have been really, really good and had a lot more. But I'm not worried about it because you just play catch-up, you know? I, that's another thing I want to say right now is if you're someone who's struggling right now or you're trying to make ends meet or, you know, the business that you're trying to, to go in is 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 not profitable enough for you, or maybe it's you didn't invest into stocks early on and, and you don't know where to start, just know that it's okay. If you don't have money to 100% invest the way you want to, invest a little bit, it's okay though, because if you keep working at those dreams and those goals, those those career jobs, those streams of income, when it does take off, and it will take off if you stay consistent on it and you stop dabbling and you just say, this is it, I'm running this line, and you're aware of it, and you're constantly pivoting inside of those areas and making them work. You know, don't just run blindly into things. Just say, okay, what's not working? What is working? How do I maximize this? And then you shift that around constantly. So when you do that, you'll be able to thrive. And when you do, you'll just have to play catch up. So if you're, you know, if you didn't invest in your 20s and you're in your 30s or 40s, okay, when you come into success, well, now just play catch up. Just put more of that money into stocks and just play catch up for all the years you didn't. That's my advice. And so I just wanted to talk about that, you know, being rich in disguise is a powerful tool. You know, I, I always did like the concept of, you know, just going out there and contributing to people and they might look at you like, 
what can you give, right? But then you give a whole bunch, whether that's finances, whether that's your time, because that's a big asset too. Like how many of us can truly give a lot of our time to help a company or help someone else uh, get through whatever they're getting through um, because so many of us have to work to earn a living, have to spend that time doing other things. Well, see, that's one of the biggest things that I, I look at is wealth is the more wealthier I become, you know, the more wealthier in all, you know, I become too, because I have this financial abundance, this freedom and this ability to do the things when I want with whom I want, whenever I want. And that's very important to me, but it also gives me that time to say, Hey, I could step away from whatever I'm doing right now and I could give my all my time to someone else. You know, if I need to, if they absolutely deserve that and it absolutely is needed, then I will do that. Or I could say, hey, you know what? I bought myself some more time because I don't have to spend the time working on this. It's gonna do itself or it's already done its thing and it's made me all this income. So therefore I can step away and spend the time doing the fun activities that I wanna do in life. And that's what life is all about, enjoying life, not working. And from an early age, I said, this is not what life's supposed to be about where you work, make a little bit of money. I said, I got to find a way to master this. And I did early on. I figured it out. I just didn't know how to play with money properly. And now I do. And I'm actually, I wouldn't say now I do hundred percent. I'm still learning because listen, just investing your money into stocks is just one thing, but finding the right people and the right fiduciary is to, to help you, you know, just take that money you have and, and maximize its growth and, and not take too much off the top and only have your best interest in mind for stock growth. And whether you want to take high risk or not, they know what to do. They put you in a great position to set you up so that you have long-term stock investment growth and you have a financial abundance building of wealth behind you. And that's something to think about. So I'm not perfect. That's why I've turned it over to the experts that I've hired at this level in my my life, my stage, my career, like, you know, all those opportunities that I've had, this is what I've done. I've turned it all over to people who are really good at what they do. So something to think about, listen, I want you guys to enjoy this day. I want you guys to think about the things that I've talked about on here. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Again, you know, it's all about adapting and pivoting in these times. And yes, I'm a videographer. Yes, I got skills, but that is not what people pay for. People pay for my expertise in how to shift them in the market, how to keep them safe in the market, knowing what ads need to go where and how they need to adapt and change per different social media outlet and how to also shoot those videos. Yes, there is a skill there, but when you look at what they're really paying me for, it's the knowledge and experience of how to take an ad and put it to the right platform at the right time in the right spot in the market and know how to run that so that it has great success, whether that's brand awareness, maybe it's return on their investment, maybe it's you know trust with their clientele or potential clients and customers or finding their ideal clients and customers. That is very important and that's what they pay me for. So yes, the skills are important, but that is not 100% why I'm in business to this day and why I'm thriving. It's because of my knowledge around all these skills. We can all develop skills, pick up a camera, I guarantee you're gonna master that camera very, very fast if you're passionate about it and you love it. But it's how you use it and it's the knowledge and psychology behind that. And that's what you learn on the field from experience, from working with so many different companies, brands and businesses, or just immersing yourself in a constant education and returning, uh, you know, taking your money and re reinvesting into yourself so you can learn more. So again, something to think about. Have an awesome day today. I will talk to you next week. 
Hey, this is Zebulon Thomas. Listen, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to show us some more support, please consider giving the podcast a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and that'll help us reach more people. Also, if you'd like to go beyond the podcast and connect with me a little bit further and get some exclusive content, then be sure to check out the Zebulon Thomas Podcast community group over on Facebook and be a part of our community. I look forward to seeing you inside the group and thank you so much for your support.